This week, we're skipping quarantine and traveling to India to talk to my friend Partha Sunyasin. He's a foodie who loves exploring, living on his own terms, just doing it his way. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. That's Partha. He'll introduce himself later in the show. But something that he makes a point to mention is that in India, food isn't just a meal. It's life. It holds such a unique significance, different from Western ideals. What kind of elements stand out? Over here, we recognize Indian cuisine by its dominant spices and unique flavors, its chutneys and yogurt dips. But what does American food taste like from a different perspective? Well, stay tuned for this week's episode. Cue the intro. Welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. Hi, uh, my name is Partha Srinivasan and I am from India. I've been uh, an Indian as long as I can remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been around the world a little bit and I'm just, uh, right now I'm a marketer. I work in technology and I've been doing so for close to about 15 years now in marketing and technology. But I, my core strengths are obviously web design and web development and uh, content delivery and content creation. No, oh, it's really cool. It seems like um, you're uh, well-versed in the tech field, um, but I really wanted to target and ask you more about um, what it's like uh, where you live currently. Um, with everything with corona and everything going on, what has your experience been like um, with the shutdown and um, maybe isolation or the closing of restaurants and things like that? What has uh, that experience been like for you? Uh, uh... It's been a little bit of a, a a nightmare for me, honestly. I haven't been locked up in a room uh, longer than 10 days. Um, so that last time I did that was basically when I did something called Vipassana, which is basically a meditative out uh, to kind of do a... You know, it's basically introverting myself to find out who I am. It's basically a self-discovery journey. And that was the last time I locked myself in a room and I had no access to outside food, people, technology, nothing. Uh, three months of that, yeah, I'm going batty. Uh, <laughs> as far as food is concerned, I love my food, right? And um, I'm, I'm typically out and about meeting clients, meeting my uh, vendors. I also teach digital marketing. So I'm out and about quite a bit. And I do uh, like my fair share of um, options, if I may, uh, in terms of food. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, not having that is a little bit of a, a Debbie Downer. But having said that, it's not that bad. I mean, because uh, my mom's a hell of a cook. I do cook as well. I dabble every now and then. And I do like to uh, 
kind of get a little crazy in the kitchen, if I may. So getting access to ingredients is, hasn't been an issue so far. Uh, it's uh, I am I keep myself safe and I try to make sure that I'm socially distanced from all the necessary people. And but apart from that, yeah, I don't like being indoors a lot. I like going out there. I like exploring new food. I like exploring new restaurants. Chances are you'll find me in a new restaurant than something that is comfortable and cozy. And I know the people. Um, yeah, you won't you won't find me in that kind of a situation too often. I'm always like, oh, let's go try something new, or let's go and try a, a new cuisine, or oh, there's a new. Uh, you know, some, there's a new uh, special happening in our favorite restaurant. So let's go try that. So, you know, I'm always exploring different options and different things. Having said that, I have done a fair bit of um, food touring myself, which is uh, which is to say uh, the people, when they come into my city, uh, they will say, Partha, you need to take us out for food, man. <laughs> and so I do have a few go-to specialties for myself. And my favorite has always been the street side kebabs and um, mm. the naan that you have here. So that's essentially what I love the most. Uh, I was That's so funny. I was just going to ask you, what are some of your favorite dishes? You said that your mom is a really great cook. What are some uh, dishes that you cook with her? Are there uh, any dishes that kind of remind you of your childhood or something that like, wow, like I can't live without this. This is so good. So um, for me, all food is uh, life, right? So, I mean, there's no one particular dish that is that'll stick out and say that you know this is the one go-to for me um for me my comfort food varies depending on my mood and i'm quite a moody person right um would be anything from rice and yogurt to rice and plain lentil or dal um or since i'm south indian i basically have something called sambar which is basically a spiced lentil soup sort of mm. and again that with rice uh but by the way loaded with vegetables that sambar and so depending upon my mood i'll go to these as my uh, as my comfort um i particularly pride myself on the chicken biryani i make and i'm very proud of it uh i do what is that for the listeners who don't oh, know so a chicken biryani is basically what what all goes in that oh my all right i'm drooling thinking of it imagine the situation right now and i'm <laughs> like oh man i have to go and make that again so it's basically um heavily spiced meat that's been marinated for about a couple of hours then cooked in an oil uh in an onion based paste um the sauteed and then uh cooked in in pressure so you don't use a pressure cooker typically but you create a sort of um a, a a, a, a closed baked environment uh, the word for it is called dum and you basically top it off with rice a little bit of saffron milk uh, a little bit of uh, other uh, flavors and it's basically served as is with a little bit of raita which is basically a yogurt with the vegetables mixed up oh my <laughs> yeah <laughs> one thing that i absolutely love about um indian food i actually uh, haven't cooked a lot of it but i eat it quite frequently um but something that i absolutely love i don't know all the names but i feel like a lot of typical dishes it's like really rich um and thick like broth based soups or uh, stews or something. And then I love how there's always like a side of yogurt, some yogurt sauce that kind of cuts through all of the richness, like the fattiness of it. And then you get to like dip it and scoop it with bread. I'm obsessed with bread. So I just think like it's the perfect meal, right. not necessarily every day, but the perfect meal to kind of just make your soul happy. And then maybe you'll want to like curl up and take a nap so, you know so yog yogurt serves a lot more deeper purpose for that uh, so since we are so rich on the spices on the masala as we call it right um the okay. yogurt serves as a 
basically as a palate cleanser slash uh, basically so you don't have heartburn at the end of the meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you, you typically if you have a lot of masala and you don't kind of tamp it down a little bit, uh, you will end up with a little bit of acidity, which gives you some heartburn or, or a reflux and a reflux with the, with that spice can actually burn your throat. It's happened. Oh, Wow, so, no, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. So the yogurt helps actually tame that a little bit. Uh, it, it, it does add, so depending upon how comfortable you are with your spice levels, you eat less yogurt, but you typically mm-hmm. have that as a, as, as, a, as a softener, so to speak. Okay, and you mentioned masala. So like, what are some signature spices that um, are clearly distinct of like Indian cuisine or culture? Uh, so tip, off the top of my head, I'd have to say chilies. And there are about two or three different types of chilies, depending upon the region you go from. Um, mm-hmm. So you have chilies, obviously, and then you have the black pepper. Uh, you have um, uh, anise, uh, st- not star anise, but anise seed per se. Uh, and then mm-hmm. cumin's, cumin seeds, uh, mustard. These are typically the kind of spices that go into uh, cooking fairly regularly. Mm, interesting. Anyone who is starting, okay, so let's say someone is wanting to try Indian food or make their first uh, Indian dish, what would you recommend that they start off with? Something easy or um, a place that uh, maybe a resource? Um, what would you recommend like that they start with All right. or try out? Uh, the easiest thing that they could start with um, is literally a one-pot meal called a khichdi, uh, which is literally what I just ate for dinner. It's rice, lentils, <laughs> a little bit of vegetables, salt, pepper, turmeric, uh, cumin seeds, uh, and you temper it a little bit. Um, and uh, you can have that plain as is, cooked in a single pot. Um, till it's soft, so it's, it's, it's a, it, it resembles a little bit like baby food at the end of it all, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> what kind of vegetables would you throw into it? Uh, so typically you do green beans, carrots, potatoes, um, you could add beets, uh, you could add, what I mean, literally any vegetable that you have. Um, we've had drumsticks mm. thrown into it as well. Uh, you obviously have to cook longer or shorter depending upon the kind of vegetables you put in there. Um, but yeah, uh, Whatever no, vegetables I, you have I in love... the fridge, whatever vegetables <laughs> you have in the fridge, you can just kind of, fi- not finely, but coarsely crop into cubes, ch- chuck it into the, the, the pot. Uh, water, obviously, two, two x the water. So if you're putting a cup of rice, uh, it'll be two cups of water. Uh, obviously, use a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of uh, understanding as to, you know, if you're adding a little bit of lentils and you're adding a li- other, all the other stuff, you probably have to increase the n- amount of water in it as well. So make sure that it, there's plenty of water for it to cook. It has to be soggy. It has to be mushy mm-hmm. at the end of it all. Mm, that sounds really so, good. Yeah. That's actually a very easy thing Yeah, I feel cook. like it is. It's more, it's kind of like a, I guess a stew, but more um, dense, I suppose, because you said it's supposed to have like a baby food texture and it's supposed to, baby right, food. It's supposed to be very yes. soft, easy yes. to like easy on your palate, yes. I suppose. So, okay. So there you yes, have it. Absolutely. Something uh, easy to start off with. Um, you said mm-hmm. uh, with everything going on, you haven't had any problems getting uh, ingredients at the market. Uh, are there any mm-hmm. ingredients that stick out that wouldn't you wouldn't find in on an American palate or an American meal? Like what's something that um, that is very regular on your day-to-day, something that you'd eat that we just haven't tried or haven't heard of? Oh, my. Uh, so typically Indian cuisines, um, and I know that 
you I'm in, in America and I've been there as well, right? Uh, there's a lot of um, tendency to, to be heavy on the meat. Uh, so for us, we don't have as much access to meat, but we do have some amount of it, but just not so much. Uh, so we actually, we, we have a different vegetable every day. Okay, so something that you said, it kind of stuck with me. You said that food is life. And that kind of reminded me of this uh, movie that I saw. Um, have you ever seen the movie A Hundred Foot Journey uh, with a chef, uh, a famous Indian chef who came to America and then had, no, I'm just kidding. He did not come to America. He went France. to France. And, the, and he then learned he, to make the omelet right. to start with. Right, right. And that's something that his mom always yeah. told him. Is that um, a cultural thing that's passed down to people or is that just part of a movie? But you said it, so I was curious on what that meant to you and um, how do you think uh, food plays into the day-to-day life um, culturally or spiritually? Um, Jesus. Uh, it's, it's basically ingrained into every single thing that we do. Our life revolves around it. Any any sort of religious thing that needs to happen, we are going to plan our food around that religious thing. Or l- let me rephrase, any religious thing needs to happen. We need to make sure that there is time for food. Wow. So that's how, yeah, it's literally anything. So uh, right from birth to death. Um, and I kid you not. So if there's a birth in the house, there's going to be a special type of food, a lot of milk, a lot of sweet. Uh, they are, these things are planned. So the first 15 days until the baby gets named, uh, there's always some sort of ritual that's happening. Um, if you're getting married, if it's if you're, you're just turning 10 or you're reaching puberty or, you, you know, I don't know, any sort of celebration, as food plays a major role. And um, even our seasons, the seasons are marked, uh, like, for example, harvest season is marked by a certain uh, kind of festival, and that's predominantly around food as well and it's it's literally from north to south and even though the kind of food will differ depending upon the region you're coming from uh food does play a huge role no i think i don't know that makes me so happy because um here uh western culture it's kind of the complete opposite we just uh don't value that enough i mean we'll for our super super big celebrations uh We'll have um, a meal, like anniversaries or birthdays or something like that. And it's usually kind of tradition to maybe go out to dinner, have a nice meal or something like that. Or we even have Thanksgiving. But to have, think we're, I think we lose sight of the role that food actually plays in our lives. Like I love that food is life because it really is on a scientific like ethical level of like literally or a literal level it brings us nutrients and all these things but more on what it does for people and what it means to labor in a kitchen and bring somebody a special dish or something you know and I think we only do it out of sentimental things or when it we we use it to make a statement like to make a very special date or moment we'll prepare a meal or when someone's sick you prepare them a meal to let them and it shows value and care but to incorporate that on the day-to-day is just so uh distant here we value quick and convenience you know so i'm not joking uh but Literally, there have been times where I'm at the breakfast table and I'll be asking mom, okay, so this tastes nice. All right, so what's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> or I, no. I'm literally planning lunch and dinner and my mom, she, so we cook for about six people in the house right now. 
uh, because we're all locked up in the house together and it's only my mom and me and my three dogs um, and and then we have support staff who are staying with us as well and uh, so we take care of the food for them as well so we cook a, a fair amount and they eat breakfast and lunch and dinner with us and uh, what we eat they eat it's not like we have anything special or preferential for them or anything of that sort mm-hmm. and um it's it's literally so we'll cook a lot of food to make sure that there's enough to go around and nobody goes hungry um, and that's that. typically the appro- and there's that's typically the approach around anything so if there's a festival or if there's an event in the house so my dad passed 2 years ago all right and uh, mm-hmm. july uh, no that's okay <laughs> so when he passed and again believe me so when we did every single ritual it centered around the food so we'd have to cook and we had to make sure that we fed a certain number of people minimum and that the rest of it was donated to the poor and we had to do that as part of our culture it has to be done i love that i love that i feel like sometimes one one of the things that inspires me as a chef is to i always knew that i wanted to feed people and bring joy to people through food and through meals and things like that and the fact that uh giving to the poor to make sure that no one goes hungry is such a beautiful mentality and I know that's part of your culture and everything but sometimes here I think um, we tend to eat when we're full and a lot of our food goes to waste and the fact is a lot of people do go hungry and so I wanted to I want to like uh, build something where we can use food more efficiently so that the mentality like you said like no one goes hungry and I think It's such an easy um, thing to do because it's not an issue of do we have enough? It's it's just, you know, how do we not waste as much, you know, to to get it to the people who need it, you know? Uh, So growing up, this was ingrained into my brother and my life is that um, whatever's on your plate, you have to finish it. So I stopped (laughs) being fussy a long time ago. So anything that was on my plate, I had to eat Uh, and. (laughs) mom made sure that we ate well <laughs> no i that's it's so funny it's so funny that you say that because um my parent my dad's a military dad and my parents are quite strict and so i i grew up with the same mentality like we could not leave until we finished everything on our plate but the mm-hmm. thing is though i was still am a little bit but i'm a lot better i was a stubborn kid a st- i would mm. sit there for hours hours <laughs> and so it would kind of just like they would just get upset you know They're just like it's been like hours like you need to just hurry up and eat your green beans or whatever it is and I'm like just no it's not good you know so I would sit there and sit there and sit there right until they just couldn't you're just like okay you know what just now you're just grounded you know or something like that they would just move yeah. on because the time has passed <laughs> So another thing that actually uh, is very curious about the difference in the cultures that I've experienced when I was in the U.S. and what I have is uh, you focus on the flavors of the vegetable or the meat itself and far less on the spices that go into making the meat or the food. Uh, And Mm. so therefore, you know, I wouldn't call it bland because that in in and of itself is an acquired flavor. Now, don't get me wrong again because um, I love steak and mash just as much as the next guy. In fact, I cook mean steak and mash myself. (laughs) But, but, you know, when it comes to cooking Indian food, there's a lot of emphasis on flavor. And uh, so therefore, you know, growing up and being exposed to this riot of flavors on my plate every day, 
um, the first time I actually experienced uh, American food, um, and I'm not talking about the fast food. I'm talking about your proper, like your chicken palm yeah, or something like that, right? Course. I mean, they're very easy on the flavors, and they're more focused on the taste of the actual core ingredients, and that's actually something really nice. And that you know, you need to have a good mix of both. You can't mm-hmm. have a, a, an overflow of flavors on a plate versus absolutely nothing. You need to mix up the two. So you know, having a nice gravy on the side. Uh, that goes well with the meat so you know you have the choice of either putting that flavor into the meat and eating it or you know having just plain old meat and that's good as good as well so no, i that's think that's a... something yeah oh go ahead please no, <laughs> so i'm saying that, that that's just the big difference that i catch uh, from you know my experiences with food no thank you so much for saying that because now that you now that you say that out loud i can't I think that's actually like 100% true because one thing that I'm taught as a chef is that you take in one ingredient and you figure out how to enhance it. How do you make a tomato more tomatoey? How do you bring out the carrot flavor instead of just cuz carrots are naturally sweet, but you mm-hmm. could sweat them on a saute pan or something and then suddenly they're candy. You know, they're so sweet. Or mm-hmm. we like a simple as a tomato sauce, you know, how Tomatoes are naturally really acidic, but how do you find the right balance to bring out a really good tomato sauce and you put in a little bit of sugar to sweeten it to cut the acid to make it like a rich to you know like you make a tomato more tomatoey and so we don't it's not that we don't value spices but we try to use as not necessarily as little but we the only goal is to make elevate your palate and like make asparagus more asparagusy you know what i mean we just and then we yeah and that's primarily the reason why a lot of people have seen say i will not eat beans because they're too beans like (laughs) but when you come into india and i'll give you um a a, a side dish that's made of beans it it won't have just beans it'll be beans mustard mustard seeds uh, coconut uh, a little bit of flavor of salt turmeric all of those things the beans will be crunchy It'll taste delicious. You can have it bowl after bowl and you will never get bored of it. And that is, I think, the core difference in the way we approach food. No, I think that's so, it's so funny that you bring up beans. Uh, I actually love beans. And I, I know you're a lot of the dishes that you mentioned earlier, lentils too. I love lentil soup and things like that. And mm-hmm. you're right here uh, in America, a lot of our bean dishes are quite plain, um, but we figured out a way to kind of make them a little bit better. I know in south, uh, in the south here, there's like baked beans, which are like sweet and roasted, so it's more with the barbecue side. But one thing mm-hmm. I absolutely, absolutely love is um, in Brazil, you know, their beans have like a little bit of uh, meat, so it can be like pork or bacon or something, and then it'll have Oof. like onions, you know, and so th- that's really good. And then uh-huh. uh, with the Mexican background, there's like pinto beans that are like fried, and you can oh, you yeah. use it as like a spread to like top other things. So you can like put a little bean spread on your tortillas, and like you throw salsa on it, and then it's good to go. So it's funny yeah. how we can change and manipulate the flavors to mm-hmm. our region, you know, on what we have. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> so um, I wanted to know, uh, based on based on everything that we've talked about so far, what is something that brings you immense joy and what inspires you uh, on your day-to-day? Like, what is your why? You are in marketing and things like that, and I feel like marketing is kind of uh, just showcasing 
a perspective uh, on someone on what uh, like not necessarily a product but someone envisioned a dream of something of some sort and I feel like marketing kind of highlights that and gives it a unique perspective and mm -hmm. and you love food and cooking and so I kind of wanted to know like uh, what makes you you like what makes you tick like what brings you that kind of joy to pursue that every day uh, a need to survive <clears throat> sorry a need to survive uh, that's literally the thing that wakes me up every morning right and, and I need to survive for myself because I love myself a lot I'm inherently a very I'm, I'm <laughs> predominantly very self-aware uh, I like myself and I like to keep myself that way that's the first thing that I say to myself when I wake up the second thing is I have a son he's gonna be nine next month in June uh, so he's another reason that I wake up every morning and I'm like you know um, if I don't take care of myself and if I don't do things that I need to do, uh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to see him again. And I need to be able to see him again. He's right now with his mother uh, in another country. So those are literally the two reasons that get me up and going. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love marketing primarily because it has evolved me from the person that I used to be. I used to be the kind of person. I mean, I'm, I'm still very loud. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm very self-aware and I like to... So because I'm loud, I've always been the loud mouth of the group always. And they'd be like, you know, you be the spokesperson. You'd go and talk to the principal about, you know, what we need to achieve as a group. Or you would go out to the media and tell us, tell them, you know, what we've been up to. And it it was pretty much the, the, the no normal evolution for me that I started doing things uh, in PR. So I started mm -hmm. off my marketing career as a PR executive. And then I moved my way up through the ladder doing everything from events to communication and um, I love content I've always been a writer and that's you know expressing myself uh, well not myself per se but you know expressing thoughts into words is something that I can do and uh, I'm more of a if you have a story to tell I'll be able to write it but I can't write my own story hmm. interesting what why can't you? I, I just haven't been able to. I think it's a, it's it's an, an emotional block in my own self, right? So my biggest problem is that I, I seek validation for everything I do. Um, mm. And if I don't get the validation uh, earlier, and now I wouldn't really give a damn. Um, I hope I can say that. Uh, now I really wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> now I wouldn't really care. But um, before, uh, it did matter to me. And uh, the feedback that I got was, you're a little too predictable maybe you should stay away from this medium and that kind of stuck in my head you know that was kind of like a that, that, that uh, basically sealed the deal for me saying that oh you know what I should not venture down that path like I could I probably I, I mean I, theoretically if I sit down and I force myself to write something about myself I could but that's the problem is that I'll have to force myself to do it it's not something that comes naturally to me what comes naturally to me is okay uh, why don't you write something about sales enablement and I'll put out a, a 2000 word article in eight hours three hours four hours whatever a little bit of research making sure I am factually correct and I can do that but tell me to write the life stories of Partha Srinivasan no way I'd be able to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like sometimes <laughs> I feel like sometimes it is challenging because it does require that internal reflection. And it's kind of funny that you are, in fact, really self-aware to figure out where your problems lie. And at least you know why. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes um, it's the struggle of some people just really don't even know why 
to begin, you yeah. know, and I feel like that's a fir- that's step one. It took know? me 38 years to reach that uh, level of self-awareness, by the way. Um, it took me a failed marriage and a lot of rejection on my part to reach a state where I was so down mm. depressed that I remember I told you that I was 10 days I was locked in a room called Vipassana for meditation it was an introspective journey mm-hmm. that's where I realized that you know uh, and by the way so uh, I've always been a talker I've, I always had the the ability to communicate uh, even before I went in on my self introspective journey um, I was always this kind of a person where I talk and I'd make my opinions heard but I had kind of, again I had kind of tamped it down during the time that I was married and I had changed the way I was Uh, once i went on this introspective journey i realized that okay this is the person that i have best been i i am aware of who that person is i know what his capabilities are i know what he can set out to do and uh, i should not change for anybody because if anybody wants to be with me they need to be with me not me who they want them to be yeah i no i i completely agree i feel like sometimes uh when we you said that you sought out a lot of validation i feel like sometimes we'll change wear different hats or change a little bit of who we are just to kind of align with those things that you want them to like you mm-hmm. for you know like if they i don't know like singer suddenly you'll like sing a little bit better or you know you'll put your your best foot forward quite a lot more frequently to gain their approval but I like how you said that you're like you know that no they have to you have to take a step back and realize like no like I have to be myself and they have to like me for me otherwise you yeah. know So it took a long time for me to get to that stage where I really couldn't give a damn if anybody wants me to change myself to who they want me to be um I'll be like nope this is me take it or leave it thank you very much I'm happy without you if that's the case uh, I follow that policy whether it's work I follow that policy whether it's personal life Uh, a lot of people don't like it and that's fine by me because believe me i'm able to make ends meet i'm able to do whatever i need to do be happy and uh, it keeps me going no that's awesome um okay so i know a little tangent here i know that you dabble in music um i do sing as well by the way really can you uh yes, do. do you have a jingle no. for me on hand can you bust a tune <laughs> Just a small one. Just one just a small like verse. Oh no, absolutely. I, I'd love to. Um so this is this is literally uh my go-to track. Uh, okay. It's My Way by Frank Sinatra. <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> and now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My friend I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with with me and everybody. I that's amazing. Uh, I it's one of my favorite songs because it it reaches out to me on so many levels. Um it's basically one of the first songs that I heard after I got done with my self well I didn't get done with my self introspection but when I finished that yoga session of mine um it was one of the first songs that I listened to. Always been on the road. I love exploring. So, you know, my life has been all about being on the road. uh exploring new foods exploring new highways exploring new people and just being that you know so it's all literally been 
my way um, and I've done that on my own terms and I've done that before so it kind of resonates with me at a whole different level wow no that brings me so much joy okay so we're wrapping up the show a little bit and so uh something that I do with all of my guests I have them share something that's a little bit inspirational to them or maybe a few last words of advice or just basically a mic drop moment if they didn't have the opportunity to listen to the entire show uh what is something that you'd like to leave them with uh, um so the one thing that actually I've 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 kind of embodied myself is um don't ever stop yourself from trying something new and i know i'm a little bit of a hypocrite having said that i stopped myself from writing my own story uh but you hear me out uh, <laughs> uh so when i when i speak to people and i tell them that um you know, if you need to kind of build your own business, go ahead and do it. But you need to commit to it 100%. Uh, if you need support, I'm here to help you. I'm not going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. But I'll make sure that if you fall, I'm there to help you pick yourself up and do the things the right way. But you still need to do them yourself. Uh, and so always make sure that you have somebody who can, who has your back and kind of will will walk you through pick you up not necessarily not stop you from falling because that's not going to be a lesson you learn so fall get get up try again don't stop trying and that's very important and that's something that i've done with myself um so i'm not an engineer but i currently work in technology and i have fallen so many times while trying to learn so many different concepts but believe me, had I given up the first time I fell, I wouldn't be hosting the podcast that I run today. It's as simple as that. Wow. What a powerful message. Believe in your dreams and don't be afraid to do things your way and explore things that make you happy. Thanks again, Partha, for being a guest on the show. Um, where can everyone find you at? All the social media as Partha NS, P-A-R-T-H-A-N-S. So Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Facebook, I'm Partha Srinivasan. So that's a little bit of a doozy. But yeah, Srinivasan, S-R-I-N-I-V-A-S-A-N. I'm also the host of a podcast of my own, which is basically about engineering, applied sciences, and technology. I try and take technology that uh, that we interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, break it down into simpler pieces, find uh, uh, subject matter experts on that piece of technology and break it down into simpler pieces so you could understand it, whether you're a technology, whether you uh, are from a technology background or not. And I hope that you actually like it. That podcast is called The East Podcast. I have a website that's eastpodcast.in, E-A-S-T podcast.in. All my episodes, all the show notes, all the guest information, everything is on that website. You can reach out to me directly as well. From that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Your voice matters. Please send me your feedback. Please leave a review for the show. Uh, share it with a friend or family member during this quarantine. Give them something to do, to listen to. Feel free to send in your questions and comments um, to be featured on future shows. You can find us on Instagram at PreciousTheFoodie. Um, but without further ado, it's your host, Precious Pioneer. And as always, live life with love and love food with life. Bye, guys. See you next week.